Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. Christiana Ellis here. And I've got something pretty special for you guys here. It's something I'm very proud of. It's not new. In fact, what it actually is, is the very first podcast fiction project I was ever involved in. This dates all the way back to Christmas 2005. Uh, this is a project that was organized as part of the Podcast Pickle Community Forums. And I was one of four co-writers for A Podcast Christmas Carol. I also have a bit part as one of the charity workers. You'll hear me. Anyway, I thought it came together beautifully, and it was simultaneously the first positive collaboration experience I've ever had, but also my real first introduction to the amazing things that the podcast community can do together. And so uh, with that introduction, I present... A Podcast Christmas Carol. Season's greetings and welcome. I am pleased to introduce a wonderful collaboration that began at the Podcast Pickle community. We are proud to provide an environment where amazing things like this happen every day. To begin, an apology to Mr. Dickens for presuming to adapt his classic tale. For this is truly a Podcast Christmas Carol. We have endeavored in this ghostly little show to raise the ghost of an idea which shall not put our listeners out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with us. May it haunt their houses pleasantly. Without further ado, the Podcast Pickle and the Sea Dog Chris Daly presents A Podcast Christmas Carol. When the year nears its end, the holiday season begins to show itself. Walk down a busy thoroughfare and you will see bright holiday displays and shop windows. You will see people with colorful packages greeting each other with rosy-cheeked smiles. And if you had walked down this particular city street on this particular Christmas Eve, you would have seen a man with a bitter scowl. He marched along with hunched shoulders and eyes directed at the ground. He could scatter groups of children with a simple glare and wouldn't bat an eye at an old woman overburdened with parcels. Looking at him, you would think him a hard, cruel man. And you would be right. He even shoved his way through a group of carolers. La 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 la. Ah, you're blocking the way. Hey, what are you doing? What's his problem? Let it go, man. How can you be mad at somebody who's that grouchy on Christmas Eve? And a dog, perhaps sensing the man's frightful nature, attempts to warn his master. What is it, boy? Get that mangy mud off the sidewalk. Oh, hush. It's Christmas. Sorry, sir. And Merry Christmas to you. Watching this man's impatient stride, his furrowed brow, you might have thought that he was in a particular hurry today, or perhaps in a sour mood from the cold winter weather. 
But in this case, you would have been mistaken, for Ebenezer Scrooge's heart stayed frozen the whole year round. As it happened, he was then on his way to his place of business, KSAM, the flagship of a large network of radio stations that he owned. The call letters stood for Scrooge and Marley, named for Ebenezer and his late partner, Jacob Marley, who had been dead for seven long years. The continuation of the old call letters should not suggest to you a sentimentality in Scrooge's heart for his old partner. It was simply that a change might have caused a temporary drop in listenership and therefore revenue. On this morning, Scrooge had not taken three steps into the building lobby before being accosted by a large man with a jolly smile. Uncle Ebenezer, Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Indeed. Fred, what are you doing here? I don't have time for chit-chat. This is a place of business. Oh, Uncle, don't be that way. I've come to invite you to Christmas dinner, of course. Sarah and her sisters and Topper will all be there. And we're going to have a big turkey and sing carols on the karaoke machine. You should come eat with us. Why ever would I want to do that? You really shouldn't be spending Christmas alone. It's not good for your mental well-being. <laughs> Christmas is a time for family and friends. It's a time for silliness and frivolity. Yes, exactly. Bah! Humbug! Did you say humbug? <laughs> anyway, come on, eat with us. We promise not to be too jolly. Fred! How many years have you asked me to Christmas now? Every year, of course. All the way back to... And, and, and how many times have I accepted your ridiculous invitation? <laughs> Not once. And what does that tell you? That this will be the first. Ah! Hope springs eternal, Uncle. So does idiocy, apparently. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must be on my way. We'll expect you at seven, Uncle. No sooner had Scrooge turned away from Fred than he was face-to-face -face with two fresh-faced young people carrying clipboards. Excuse me, sir. What now? Are you Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? <sighs> Mr. Marley has been dead for seven long years. Seven years tonight, as a matter of fact. And what is it to you? Oh, I am sorry to hear that. We're running a toy and canned food drive for the 15th Street Homeless Shelter. We're going to provide a nice Christmas dinner and stuffed animals for all the children. Hmm? And precisely what does any of that have to do with me? Oh, uh, well, we thought you might... We were hoping that you could play a little promo on your radio station. With all your listeners, it could really help us spread the word about what we're doing. And of course, it would really help the homeless people who can't afford the things that we take for granted. Hmm. And I suppose you expect me to just play this little promo for free. Well, I mean, we don't really have the funds. And who, then, is supposed to compensate me for the lost advertising revenue? Hmm? Do you know how much a 30-second spot costs on this station? That's the worst thing about this season. It brings out all the freeloaders who want something for nothing. I'm sorry, sir. Isn't there any way we could get our promo played on the air? Yes, there is. Go start your own radio station. Ah, good luck with that one. Now get out of my building, or I'll have security escort you out. With that, Scrooge stormed out of the lobby and up to the production room for a live studio. Inside, a DJ sat behind a microphone, huddled in a coat.
Scrooge never lost an opportunity to save money, and that included heating the studio. He had even had maintenance remove all of the thermostat controls, except the one in his office, to keep the employees from tampering with the settings. That was number 24, I Like Stuff and Stuff, from Boy Band Industries, their latest record. Uh, coming up at number 23, we've got Hip Hop Sensation Bullethead. We'll be back with more of that perpetual Top 40 countdown after these commercials. Looking for that one-of-a-kind item? Then head on down to Onesies. We only carry one of anything, and when it's gone, it's gone. Take our limited edition Charles Dickens porcelain doll. It's number one of one. We were going to have a two-for-one sale, but we don't have two of anything. At Onesies, we're all about the singularity. Come visit our one and only store at 101 First Street off I-1 between Uno's and the First National Bank. Cratchit, you're playing yesterday's playlists. The charts were updated this morning. Why aren't you playing the new list? I'm sorry, Mr. Scrooge. The charts weren't quite ready, so I just decided to use yesterday's list until they bring the new ones up. <laughs> I suspected as much. Not even Christmas yet. And already people think they can get away with laziness and incompetence. I'm sure they'll have it ready soon, sir. While we're at it, would you kindly explain the meaning of that email with the large attachment you sent? You know that large attachments can clog the network? Yes, sir. Th that was my son's demo song. You remember, I asked you if you would listen to it and consider letting me play it once during the request hour? He goes by Tiny Tim, and, and he's really very... I remember no such thing. And you know full well that only songs from the approved list can be played during the request hour. Absolutely not. Oh, and I need you to work the morning shift tomorrow. But, but sir, that's... Christmas morning? Yes. And what of it? Do you think we're going to just shut the station down because of some sentimental nonsense? Uh, no, no, sir. I'll, I'll be here. Scrooge spent the rest of the day on paperwork, rearranging the schedule for his talk station, reassigning time slots based on ratings numbers. By the time he finished his work for the night, it was after dark, and the streets were quiet and cold. After making his way home, he changed into his silk pajamas and robe, and just as he was getting into bed, the music returned, loud, but from no apparent source, and accompanied by a ghostly voice. Ebenezer Scrooge! What? Who's there? Just then, a figure emerged straight out of the wall in front of him. It was the spitting image of his old partner, Jacob Marley. Only this Marley was a bit more glowy and transparent than he had been in life. Around his neck and chest, heavy chains were wrapped around him, supporting large, heavy-looking speakers. These seemed to be the source of the music. Who, who, who are you? You know who it is, man. It is Marley. Uh, you know who I am, Ebenezer. 
In life, I was Jacob Marley. I have come back to... No. No, I, I, I don't think so. You doubt your own eyes and ears? Of course. Uh, the slightest things can trip them up. You're nothing more than a hallucination brought on by stress or, or indigestion. Hmm? <laughs> You're nothing more than a, a blob of mustard or that, that giant pickle I had for lunch. Scrooge, do not doubt the presence of the spirit that comes to warn you. Oh, all right. All right. I believe you. That is most wise, for I come to you with a most dire warning. You must change your ways or you will surely share my damned existence for all eternity. What? What do you mean? You see these chains and these speakers that I wear? I forged these chains with a lifetime of avarice and greed. Avarice and greed? But but you were fantastic, man. You had the magic touch when it came to ratings. You could squeeze every last percentage point out of a show and and every last penny out of the advertisers. You, you were the best in the business. Mankind should have been my business. I took something that I loved, radio, and I turned it into just another way to make money. I forgot about what makes radio a wonderful tool for entertainment and communication and twisted it into a soulless corporate cash register, losing sight of my tireless employees and most of all, the people who listen. Now I am cursed, damned to bear these chains and these speakers, forced to listen to generic homogenized pop music for all eternity. Wow, that sucks. Believe it. Please, do I have a chain like that waiting for me? No, Ebenezer. Your chain was as heavy and long as mine when I died seven years ago. You have been adding to it ever since. Marley, no. You you said you came to warn me. Does that mean it isn't too late? Please, tell me what I can do to avoid such an awful fate. Indeed, Ebenezer. I have come to give you a warning. You must change your ways and learn your lessons, but you do have a chance to redeem yourself for mistreating your fellow man and making radio all about money. Oh, yes, Marley, thank you. I will. I will. Just tell me what I have to do. Your words are not enough. Before you can truly learn your lessons, you must be visited by three more spirits. The first at the stroke of one, the next at two, and then the final spirit at three. They will show you many things, and you must listen to what they say or risk bearing a heavy burden for all eternity. The spirits will guide you to the proper path. You know, if, if it's all the same to you, I'd really rather not. Scrooge, heed me words of warning or share my damnation. I go now, but be watchful. The first spirit will arrive at the stroke of me midnight. With that... The bizarre apparition dissolved like a cloud of smoke, and Scrooge was once again left in the quiet and the dark. Huh? He's gone. Well, perhaps he was just a hallucination after all. That must be it. I'll just go to bed now, and in the morning all this will be forgotten. I'll feel better after I get... 
some sleep. <laughs> and sleep he did, but not for long, as the night passed quickly and the clock's hands kept turning. and exhausted, uncertain whether or not he was still dreaming, Scrooge lowered his head again to rest. He lay motionless, with the covers pulled up nearly to his eyes. One a.m. <laughs> the hour itself is upon me, and no such. Before he could finish his sentence, a brilliant flash appeared, and Scrooge bolted to a sitting posture in his bed. Covering his eyes from the blinding light, he could only make out a vague form at the foot of his bed. It moved as if human, but its visage was too bright to stare upon. Are you the spirit? Is it true? I am. Who are you? I am the ghost of Radio Past. Come, give me your hand. Not wanting to, but compelled to do so, Scrooge held out his hand to touch that of the spirit. As he did, the two lifted off the ground and headed toward the window, which had opened as if by magic. How can this be? We're flying! The two sailed out the window and into another time. His home and city faded from view as a city from a distant past appeared below them. It's, it's my hometown, where I lived as a boy. The pair landed on a road and walked along it, Scrooge exclaiming recognition at every gate, post, and tree. They came upon a group of people merrily talking and exchanging holiday greetings. They cannot see nor hear us. They continued through the city until arriving at Scrooge's boyhood home. They passed through the wall and into a room where Ebenezer saw himself at fifteen years old. The young Scrooge was playing with a shortwave pirate radio set. Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to E. Scrooge's Friday Night Music Fest. I want to thank you for tuning in and giving special thanks to Miss Madison over on 125th Street for writing into the show. I got the letter in the post this morning. I love it when my listeners write. We're going to start off tonight's show with a song that I love. Mmm. Seeing his childhood love of radio, Scrooge was shaken nearly to the point of tears. 
I loved doing that show. It was so much fun. And even though I had to wait for days to get a single letter from a listener, I knew they loved the show because they took the time to write. Come, there is more. The two again floated up as everything faded from view. This time they came to a stop in a larger city. Scrooge recognized it as his current home. The time was more recent than their last stop, but still some time ago. They came to a stop at a small factory that Scrooge instantly remembered as the location of his horrible first full-time job. Here you spent weeks pounding away at widgets, never sure what you were making, only that you had to play your part and never stand out. But do you remember this day? Scrooge watched again, with tears swelling in his eyes, as he full well remembered the day that his sister Fran came to visit him on his lunch break. Ebby, why do you stay here? You know you're miserable. I know, Fran, but I've got to pay the bills. Ebby, that's why I'm here. Take this card. This man is starting a brand new radio station, and he's looking for creative people like you. You'd be perfect for it. Oh, Sweet, sweet Fran. I remember it perfectly. It was the day that changed my life forever. And yet you abandoned her. Let her raise young Fred all alone after her husband died. And when she herself passed on, you sent nothing but a ten-dollar flower arrangement. That day started it all. Old Fezziwig hired me as an evening DJ, and I was, I was finally free. I had such a good time in those days. Come, there is still more. Once again they traveled, but they made only a short trip across town and across a dozen years. The scene that appeared this time was one of an office party. There were noisemakers, funny hats, and lots of laughter, but no Scrooge. <gasps> it's old Fezziwig himself. Bless him. Oh, how great it is to see him alive again. Where is Ebenezer? Why is that workhorse still upstairs? I'll put an end to that. Scrooge and the spirit floated along behind Fezziwig to Scrooge's office. Yo ho there, Ebenezer! Just a minute. I have to finish the ratings projections. I see here we can increase our ad revenue if we drop things like, you know, indie music and the local talk shows. Then we can concentrate on all. Yo ho, my boy! No more work for tonight. We have a party to attend, Ebenezer. Fezziwig dragged Ebenezer to the party, and great joy was had by all, despite Scrooge's nagging feeling that he should be back at work. It takes so little to create joy. Yes, I can see that now. But wait, where is she? Scrooge's eyes finally fell upon his former fiance, Belle. He watched as his younger self ignored her, still caught up in the facts and figures of the growing radio station. 
As he watched, he once again became teary-eyed, feeling a great sense of loss. What radio ratings could have been worth losing her? None. None. I know that now. From this place. These are merely shadows of what has happened. Do not blame me for things that happened in the past. Remove me! I cannot bear it any longer! The spirit made no attempt to converse with Scrooge. Deciding that he had indeed seen enough, the spirit once again began to glow until the light was blinding. Scrooge covered his eyes at the brilliance and once again found himself sitting upright in his bed. He was conscious of being exhausted and overcome with an irresistible drowsiness, sank into a heavy sleep. on the clock continued to turn. At two o'clock, the chimes once again woke Scrooge from his slumber. <gasps> oh, oh, not again. Please. Why do these spirits torment me so? Wait. What is that sound? It sounds like my station. Just when Scrooge began to again experience the drowsiness of sleep, he overheard the sound of the KSAM overnight show. But something was unusual. And you've been experiencing the way radio used to be on KSAM. Wait a minute. I didn't hire that voice. And now you need to get your butt out of bed and come with me. All of a sudden, the doors to Scrooge's bedchamber burst open, revealing a towering bearded man with colorful robes and a wide smile. <gasps> what? Oh, not again! I'm the ghost of Radio Present. Radio Present? What? Oh, I'm sorry. I had my earbuds in. Here, touch my iPod. Touch your what? It's an MP3 player. Here, touch it. Rather reluctantly... Scrooge reached out to touch the small electrical device, unsure whether his fear had to do with the newfangled technology or apprehension about what the spirit was to show him. Instantly, Ebenezer and the ghost found themselves in the street near a local shopping area. It was a cold, crisp evening, and the puffs of frosted breath only added to the joyful busyness of the shoppers they encountered. Let's go for a walk, Ebenezer. Take a look around. What do you see? 
I see a lot of people spending a whole lot of money. Is that all they're doing? Look closer. Okay. Mm, some are talking, some are shopping, and some appear to have those, those, those earbug things. Many are listening to music. Some are even listening to podcasts. Podcasts? Internet radio shows done mainly by independent personalities and artists. Huh? Why don't these people listen to the radio? Radio done by the pros who know what is good. Before he could complete his thought, a car screeched to a halt in front of them, nearly striking one of the busy shoppers. I'm so sorry, man. I was trying to find something worth listening on the radio and didn't see you walk into the road. No problem. I'm okay. I understand. Everything on the radio is the same. Don't worry about it. Yeah, same music, same DJs. That is, once you get past all the ads. Sorry again, man. Okay. Merry Christmas. And drive safely. Astonished with the conversation displayed in front of him, Ebenezer continued to walk slowly along the street with the spirit. Despite what could have been a near-fatal accident, the men had found a common bond in their distaste for radio. Could this be true? Was modern radio really all the same? Did everyone feel this way? As they continued to walk, Ebenezer's attention turned toward a small group of people assembled on the sidewalk. Curious, Scrooge approached and found that the group was listening to a young man playing songs for tips. With each cold puff of sound coming from the performer's mouth, Ebenezer found himself more and more engaged with the music. Thank you, thank you. Come on, play another. You are all too kind. What are you planning to do for the holidays, Tiny Tim? Oh, my family is making a delicious meal, giving a lot of thanks for all the blessings we have. <clears throat> you know, only the best. incredible. What's his name again? His name is Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Why does that name sound so familiar to me? Tiny Tim. Yes, sir, that was my son's demo song. You remember, I asked you if you would listen to it and consider letting me play it once during the request hour? He goes by Tiny Tim, and he's really very... I remember no such thing. And you know full well that only... Saying nothing, Ebenezer glanced at the artist and his fans. Oh, how could I have been so dismissive? 
That wasn't the only time you've been dismissive today, Ebenezer. Around the corner and a few blocks down from the shopping district was the home of Scrooge's nephew, Fred, who had earlier that day invited his uncle to a Christmas feast. As the spirit guided Ebenezer in that direction, it was obvious what the spirit had meant by his comment. Entering the house, Ebenezer found his nephew Fred and his family starting their Christmas activities. The house was warm and inviting, certainly more pleasant than the chilly winter air outside. A fire was slowly burning in the fireplace, and the smell of burning, crackling wood blended with the aroma of food cooking in the kitchen. But the warmth seemed to extend well beyond the temperature of the room. The sound of laughter filled every corner. <laughs> Can you believe it? He said, bah humbug. I don't even think people said that anymore. But seriously, I was really hoping he would show up this year. Deep down, I think he's a pretty good guy. Unfortunately, his indignation about the holiday and other people is going to be the end of him someday. Either that or the collapse of the radio industry. I'm sure his job is making him a very rich man, Freddy. And you know, diamonds are a girl's best friend. Yes, but his wealth is of no use to him. I feel sorry for him, really. Who suffers most from his attitude? He does. And what's more, his distaste for us has deprived him of a mighty fine dinner. Well, I have no patience for him any more. Well, year after year I invite him, and he turns me down. My only hope is that there is some Christmas cheer on him, that he plays some Christmas music on the radio, or maybe finds it in his heart to give Bob Cratchit a few extra bucks so his family can eat a decent Christmas dinner. In any case, here's to poor old Uncle Scrooge. He'd rather spend the day staring at the ratings book than having a feast with us, but we wish him a Merry Christmas all the same. Before Scrooge could utter his first heartfelt thank you in years, the spirit whisked him away, back through the cold winter wind to the shopping district. Soon they entered a meager house. The smell of fresh-baked bread fills the room as they walk in. Honey, we're just about ready to eat. Okay, honey, I'll be there in a minute. I promised an update today, and you know Scrooge kept me after again. Okay, but don't be too long. Ebenezer and the spirit make their way into a small bedroom next to the dining kitchen area. Bob Cratchit was seated atop a rather gnarled bed, wearing a headset and staring intently at a laptop in front of him. Okay, before we wrap up the show tonight, I just want to thank all of you and... Thank you for listening, and I want you to have a very Merry Christmas. There's so many things to be thankful for this year. You know, a wonderful family, I can't believe a it. Great job, he's moonlighting on boss, me. Plenty of no, eat, he's doing health, a podcast. What? And of course, a podcast? That allows me to do this podcast every week. So to keep you in the holiday spirit, here's a great song that was put together by a ton of independent artists. Here's Pod Safe for Peace with If Every Day Were Christmas. We'll see you next time, okay? Bye-bye. snow outside my window Feels like that time again to me All done, honey? Yep. I really like today's show. Um, do you know where Tiny Tim is? I was expecting him back by... Sorry I'm late. No, they didn't want me to stop playing. 
Into the room hobbles Tiny Tim, carrying a crutch and wearing a big smile on his face as the smells of cooking food fill his nostrils. Smells great. What's for Christmas dinner? Fresh baked bread and this wonderful turkey. That sounds. <coughs> sounds great. <coughs> Are you feeling okay? Yeah, Mom, I'm okay. Spirit, Spirit, what's wrong with him? Will he be all right? I see an empty chair at the table and a guitar collecting dust. If this path remains unaltered by the future, the boy will die. Wow, you really went all out this year, honey. Well, we have your listeners to thank for this wonderful bird. Let us pray. But I think that's our cue. God bless us, everyone. How can they be so happy, being so poor? Bob really was enjoying that that that, that podcasting thing. Hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of the fire I had when, when I was a DJ. When the ghost had gone, Scrooge stood in a daze, lost in thought. Just as he was beginning to return to himself, he saw a form approaching in the darkness. It was draped in black, its head covered. As the form moved toward him, Scrooge felt a profound sense of dread descending upon him. He shivered with fear. The figure's hand was outstretched, but when it reached Scrooge, the figure neither spoke nor moved. Uh, are you the ghost of Radio Future? The dark form still did not speak, but gave a barely perceptible nod. He pointed along the road where they were standing, beckoning Scrooge to follow. Scrooge and the ghost entered a dark, dingy neighborhood of the city. The houses and shops were run down, with rusted burglar bars hanging from many windows. Drunk men staggered through the streets, and women leaned in doorways, calling out to passerby. Scrooge and the spirit came to a particularly dreadful little store, a pawn shop with bent bicycles and barbecue grills out front, and a neon sign that buzzed and flickered. Trash was strewn everywhere. Scrooge felt revulsion as the ghost motioned him to enter. Inside, they were overcome with a stale smell of decay and even more junk. Musical instruments without strings, transistor radios, and first-generation iPods littered the counters. The shop's grizzled old manager dozed in a rickety chair. Just as Scrooge stepped across the threshold, a woman carrying a large backpack pushed past him. Joe, wake up. I'm in a hurry. I was wondering when you'd get here. I heard about the old man. Looks like you've been busy. Is that a transmitter in your backpack, or are you just glad to see me? Think you're funny, don't you? I've got some stuff all right. It's in good shape, too. Let me... You! I might have known I would find you skulking around here. The whole station was picked clean when I went to be sure everything was locked up. 
Locked up, eh? What's in the duffel bag? Groceries? We're here for the same reason. Let's just admit it. He's gone and so is the radio station. He won't miss any of the stuff we took where he is. <laughs> True that. I heard you found him. That's right. He was in Studio One. I think he was listening to tapes of the morning show trying to find a reason to fire the DJ. He wanted to hire someone younger and cheaper. Anyway, there he was, slumped over the console, stone dead. I'm glad he's dead. If I had to hear one more hour of crappy Top 40 music, I, I was going to go nuts. Hey, Joe, how much do we get for this stuff? I'll tell you right now, that old radio station equipment isn't worth the metal and plastic it's made of. No one will want it. Radio is dead. Stop trying to chip us out of a fair price, Joe. Let me show you what I brought. Go ahead, then. Cart machine. Mixer. XLR cables. Hmm. I can let you have it for 50 bucks. Fine. I'll take it. Okay, next. These are collector's items, Joe. This is a vintage microphone. They don't make them like this anymore. And these headphones. They look a little ragged, but they're the best I've seen. Those are his headphones and that mic. He had it in his office in the locked cabinet. How did you... He had the headphones on when I found him. The mic was there, too. You've got nerve. I'll say that for you. Nobody will miss this stuff. The ghost of Radio Future called to Scrooge and led him from the shop. Spirit. Is the dead man they're talking about? Is that... Is that me? Those might be my microphone and headphones. Is this how I end up? With people stealing things from my lifeless body? Oh. Oh, spirit. I see what you're trying to show me. I've been so foolish. Take me back. Take me back, please. The spirit did not speak, but shook his head no and beckoned Scrooge to follow him. Before long, they were in another street of the city. The houses were modest, but not shabby. The smells of cooking came to Scrooge, and the muffled sounds of music and laughter. Where are we going now? The spirit led Scrooge to a place he knew, the home of Bob Cratchit, where Scrooge had visited before. Mrs. Cratchit and three of her children were seated around the fire. All were quiet, with sad looks on their faces. I miss him so much, Maro. It's just not Christmas without Tiny Tim. He ought to sing with us. Why did Tiny Tim have to die? He sang so beautifully, and he loved everyone. We need to be strong for your father, kids. He has so much to worry about. With the station closed, he needs his strength to look for work, and we need to support him. Tiny Tim worked so hard on his music. If only we could have gotten a little more exposure before it was too late. Maybe we could have afforded to... We can't think that way. We just have to be grateful that people are finally starting to hear about his music. It's a way for him to live on through others. It's Dad! He's home! Hello, Dad. How are you? We're glad you're home. Hello, Bob. Is everything all right? Hi, everyone. Yeah, it's been a long day, but I'm so glad to be home. Something smells wonderful. Mom made gingerbread for dessert. That's wonderful. Wonderful. How are things at the station? It's all closed down. The last of the staff is gone. We turned off the transmitter today. 
Mr. Scrooge's nephew Fred was very kind. He told us we all could have a month's severance pay. That's good. He said if we wanted to use the studio to podcast from, he'd give me the key. Isn't that nice of him? He sounds like a good man. Dear, will he be podcasting again? I hope so. A lot of people like the show and Tiny Tim's songs. Would you play one of his songs for us now? I miss his voice. Of course I will. I'll be right back. Hold on. Bob went into the small bedroom where he kept his podcasting gear and looked at the stack of homemade CDs beside the microphone stand. The laptop and mixer were gone, sold so that Bob could buy presents for his family. He began to cry quietly, not for the loss of the podcast rig, but for his son, whom he loved. He returned to the living room where his family sat and put a CD into the boombox. This is a song he made last week. He made an MP3 for me. He was an amazing musician. Terrific. Awesome. Spirit, is the boy really gone? This can't be. His voice is so beautiful. Why couldn't he make it as a songwriter? No, I, I don't. I don't need to hear your answer. I know why. Couldn't make it because there was no place for an independent artist to be heard. Yeah. I know. I've ruined radio. I've taken so much joy from everyone who listens and everyone who wants to make music. The spirit led Scrooge from the house. Scrooge followed meekly, his head lowered. They walked through more streets, the spirit leading Scrooge by pointing the way with his black shrouded hand. It's my radio station. Please, let me look in and see what's become of it. Scrooge made for the building, but the spirit stood between him and it and beckoned him in another direction. Scrooge looked back but did not protest. Soon they came to an iron gate and the spirit opened it. Scrooge passed through into a cemetery. Am I buried here? Is this what you've come to show me? My, my own grave? In answer, the spirit pointed to a gravestone that bore the name Ebenezer Scrooge in block letters. Seeing the stone, Scrooge collapsed. He fell before the ghost and clutched at his robe, sobbing. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not the man I was. I'm changed. I am. I, I know. I, I, I destroyed radio. But I can help bring it back. I can. Please, tell me it's not too late to undo the damage. I'll give independent artists a place where their music can be heard. Yes, yes. I'll encourage DJs to play podcasts. I will cherish the spirit of radio past, present, and future. I swear... Spirit, Spirit, what must I do to make amends? 
Scrooge reached for the spirit's hand. In his agony, he caught the hand, and the spirit's manner changed. As Scrooge's desperation to reverse his fate reached its height, the spirit began to loom over him. Then, all at once, it enveloped him, wrapping around him and encasing him in darkness. No! No, please! Spirit, wait! I've learned my lesson! Don't take me! Don't take me! Scrooge struggled against the material that bound him, fighting to escape, when all at once it fell away and he saw daylight. He was in his own bedroom, wrapped and twisted up in his own bedsheets. What's this? Can it be? Have I really been granted a reprieve? Scrooge pulled off the sheets and leapt out of bed, running to the window and pushing it open to behold a glorious winter morning. Pristine white snow seemed to glow from everywhere, and he could feel the sunlight on his face, warm in the chilly morning air. He spied a small boy walking down the street below his window. You! You there, boy! What day is this? You're kidding, right? It's like Christmas Day, dude. Oh! Oh! Then it's not too late. Oh, thank you! Thank you, spirits! I won't waste my second chance, I promise this! In fact, ha-ha! Scrooge ran to his bedside table to retrieve his wallet and to scratch out a note on a scrap of paper before returning to the window. Boy, you know that fancy music store down on 4th Street? Um, yeah. Catch! With that, Scrooge tossed down his platinum credit card. It glinted in the sun as it twirled in the air and landed in the boy's outstretched hands. Now... Take that to the music store and buy the best home recording equipment money can buy. The note gives my permission and my number. If they give you any trouble, have them call me. Have it sent to Bob Cratchit at that address, and I'll be checking my statement. But as long as you do what I ask, I promise not to check it too closely. Do you get me? (laughs) Wow, dude, that's awesome. As soon as the boy had run off, Scrooge dressed in his finest clothes, a big smile on his face. He had much to do, and he didn't want to waste another moment. As soon as he had finished, he made his way to the radio station and up to the studio, where Bob sat morosely behind the microphone. And that's number 23 again on this fine Christmas morning. Again, we have uh, next up... Cratchit! What on earth are you doing here on Christmas Day? Mr. Scrooge, we're on the air. Oh, don't I know it. But Bob, my boy, you've got the wrong playlist again. No, no, sir. These are the the current playlists. Yeah, yeah. This is a very serious matter, young Cratchit. And to remedy things, I will have to raise your salary. Raise my... And and don't you have one of those iPod things? Yes, I, I have one, but... Well, then, hook it up to the board. Set it to play all of those podcast shows you do. And then, get out of here. And go home to your family. Sir, I I don't know what to say. Then say that after you spend the morning with your family, you come to join me at my nephew's house for a grand feast. Hmm? I'm on my way there. 
and I shall expect you before the sun is down with your whole family, especially Tiny Tim. I see great things for that boy. Sir, are you okay? Are you all right? <laughs> I'm better than all right, my boy. I'm a changed man. From this day forward, things are going to be different. To begin with, I'm opening up the station's format. <laughs> next, I, I don't know. I don't know what's next, but I can't wait to find out. The future is just around the corner, and I intend to make the best of it. For everyone! And Scrooge was better than his word. With his newfound generosity and support of podcasts and independent musicians, Scrooge had learned the values of compassion, creativity, and fellowship. And though he never again encountered any spirits, he spent the rest of his days holding Christmas in his heart the whole year round. Hi everyone, this is Chris Daly, and I want to take a minute to thank you for listening to our production, A Podcast Christmas Carol. It's the result of literally hundreds of hours of labor by dozens of amazing people. Everyone involved has huge demands on their time, but still gave generously to the production. This project is an allegory of everything that is amazing about podcasting. Sure, we had a little fun with Dickens, but... We hope our point was made. It's no mistake that the word podcasting was chosen as the 2005 word of the year. We are all participating in something bigger than any of us. And I'm not talking about this production. I'm talking about podcasting. The voices you just heard are a tiny fraction of the voices being heard as a result of podcasting. And it's just a sampling of the enormous talent and energies being put into podcasts every single day. When you get a chance, go to the website, apodcastchristmascarol.org, and check out the links for all the participants. Thank them for being part of our Christmas play, listen to their shows, and give yourself the gift of their great podcasts. For the entire cast and crew, I am the Sea Dog Chris Daly, wishing you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and of course, reminding you to keep it real. <laughs>